Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists and food makers, farmers, authors and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very good weekend to you food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. On this show every week, you'll hear from chefs and artisan food makers, farmers, authors, experts, and tastemakers who are all passionate about everything delicious. Plus, I love to dish on living the best life, so I cover health and wellness, wine and cocktails, tech trends, and more. So I hope that you will tune in. You can find podcasts of shows you might have missed on iTunes under Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. And you can find my daily dish on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please become a friend and a fan on social at Chef Jamie Gwen. I'm always serving up seconds at chefjamie.com. But let's get to the culinary conversation, shall we? Long live the king. Salmon season is back. Yes. And the best restaurants and high-end grocers and food lovers like you and I are anxiously awaiting fresh Copper River, Chinook, and Sockeye. And what better way to celebrate the flavors of the start of summer than a delicious piece of ginger grilled salmon? I happen to love that salmon is so versatile. I think it's delicious served hot or cold, and it's wonderfully quick to prepare. But how do you know what kind of salmon to buy? Farmed or wild caught, you ask? Well, I'm about to raise your salmon IQ right here and right now. So first and foremost, salmon is seasonal, just like asparagus and peaches. And buying in season, especially at the height of the season, is when you're going to get the freshest product and the best prices. Now, Pacific salmon from Alaska and off the West Coast is what is mostly in season now. The commercial fishing season for wild-caught salmon, most notably from Alaska, is from mid-May until the end of September. Now, firstly, I suggest that you take a minute and download the Monterey Bay Seafood Watch Guide on your phone. It is very complete and up-to-date. It covers every type of seafood. It classifies for you the best choice, a good alternative. It will tell you what is fresh and in season now. It shares sustainability, conversation, and more. And I think it's important. By the way, every type of seafood you buy is required to be labeled with its place of origin and whether it is wild caught or farmed and whether it is fresh or previously frozen. So you should be going to a reputable grocer or fishmonger that is specific to their offerings. Now, make your fish purchases on a weekday when you know that the fresh fish is being delivered to market. And fresh salmon should be bright in color. And if you ask the fishmonger to let you smell it, it should be clean and briny and like the ocean because anything that smells fishy is aging. Now, wild salmon is naturally pink and I think it's by far the best tasting. Wild salmon is right now uh, sockeye or coho. And I like that the flesh is often firmer than the farm-raised salmon that we buy. 
Now, farm-raised salmon most often is Atlantic salmon. It has a higher fat content due to less activity, and it's a good alternative. But during fresh, wild salmon season, I buy fresh and wild. And if you're a salmon connoisseur, then you will definitely notice the difference, right, between the flavor and the texture. So while wild salmon is here, take advantage of it. Most fish, especially salmon, takes very little time to cook. So the rest of your meal should be prepared. The wine should be chilled. The table should be set and you should be ready to eat. Grilling is one of my favorite methods for preparing salmon. I like to keep the marinade and the flavoring simple. Oftentimes I'll just do a squeeze of citrus or uh, fresh sprigs of herb from the garden And you want to make sure that the grill is hot and you don't want to walk away because salmon placed directly on the grill takes only probably two to three minutes per side, depending upon the thickness. And once you set the salmon down on the grill, if you are putting it uh, anything but skin side down, which by the way, you can put salmon skid side down on the grill. If your grill is hot enough, you will get crispy skinned salmon, which I love. That's where all the omega-3s are and it's so delicious, but you need to leave it be. If you're putting it flesh side down, you really need to leave it be. Don't try to move it until it has completely seared and it releases on its own from your oiled grill grates. Now, if you're looking for a easy, an easy alternative rather. I personally love cedar planked salmon and you really can't mess it up. So soak a board in water for 30 minutes, a cedar board that is, and then place the salmon filet on top and then glaze it with my maple bourbon glaze and you will be a culinary hero. Trust me, it's delicious. Now, I've never shared the recipe before, but I would love to. So, my maple bourbon glaze is this week's bonus recipe. It's my new thing. Every week on this show, I'm sharing a bonus recipe and asking that if you would like it, you just email me, jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at chefjamie.com. You can put salmon or bonus recipe or give it to me in the title. And in that subject area, I'll get your drift. And I will gladly send you my maple bourbon glazed salmon recipe this week. Now you can roast or broil salmon as well. You can even cook it in papillote or in that parchment paper bag we all love. I throw in uh, some green beans or asparagus, some steamed or par-cooked potatoes. Happen to love papillote. It's so elegant, right? But when I'm roasting or even broiling, I simply combine balsamic vinegar and honey. This is my quick weeknight fix salmon recipe. And I brush that balsamic honey mixture on the salmon. And sometimes I'll air fry it. Or I roast at 400 degrees for about 8 to 10 minutes in the oven. Just until the salmon is cooked through. It's a three ingredient wonder and it is just so good. Now I like to serve, whether it be grilled or roasted salmon on uh, spring mixed greens with a smoked paprika vinaigrette or on slices of grilled sourdough bread with lemon mayo. That is an unforgettable sandwich. 
Uh, looking for more inspiration? You could serve your salmon with a pineapple and jalapeno relish so that you get a taste of tropical summer. Or how about a grilled corn and tomato salsa? Oh, yes. Or peaches and avocado are a glorious pairing for a topper for salmon. I also make a Dijon mustard sauce for salmon that's out of this world. It's, it's bright and it's bitey and it's rich and just scrumptious. So I say open a bottle of Chardonnay and get cooking because you can always find salmon inspiration at chefjamie.com. Again, please email me jamie at chefjamie.com for my maple bourbon glazed salmon recipe. And cheers to salmon season because now you are an expert. Oh, I love it. Okay, on to food news for the week or dating news if you're on the market for a mate. The dating app Bumble wants to give its users a place to mingle in the real world. The company confirmed to CNN Business this past week that it plans to open a cafe in New York City's Soho neighborhood that will turn into a wine bar at night. They're calling it Bumble Brew. Now, the space could serve as a meeting ground for Bumble's users. Yes, I know all about Bumble. It's where us ladies swipe first. And also, you could use it for networking or meeting new friends, and it is expected to open this fall. Bumble is that dating app that launched in 2014 where women make the first move, but now it's used for networking in business and finding new friends, and it will be Bumble's first permanent location of Bumble Brew, but they did host pop-ups in New York, London, LA, and Toronto. I think that a glass of rosé on a Saturday or a Sunday is amazing as well. So let me ask you, what's your wine IQ? Are you wise on wine or are you totally underserved? Well, winemaker Leah Adent is here and we're going to drink rosé all day. So grab a glass and don't touch your dial. Also, I'm excited to say that we're sharing with the table, sharing the table rather, with a crudo expert today. Yes, he is my friend Chef Chris Simons of Pelican Hill Resort, the five-star glorious property. And he is a magnificent crudo creator. So you should be eating fresh fish, salmon, and more at home, and we're going to show you how. There are grand guests and delicious conversation coming up in your radio, so don't touch your dial. Grab a snack. Come on back because we are sipping and savoring after the break. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Don't go away. Cheers and welcome back. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Okay, stop and smell the rosé. We are spring sipping today and you know that the weather is warming when you reach for pink. The lighter styled rosé that goes so well with spring and summery foods, charcuterie and salads and shellfish, picnics and more, just tastes like spring to me. It's bursting with new flavor and floral aromas and sunshine. And so we're sipping. Leah 
Adent is a woman in wine, highly lauded for her winemaking talents at the Washington State winery Chateau St. Michel. As the red winemaker, Leah brings her knowledge and talents to Chateau St. Michel from her experience making wine around the world, from Napa to Australia. She's raising a glass with us today to celebrate spring and a few varietals that you can toast 70 degree days and sunglasses with. And I welcome you, Leah. I'm so glad to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Yes, I'm happy to course. be here. And, and happy to celebrate spring with you because the weather is finally warming and we love that. Um, and so I'm moving from big reds and braising to uh, lighter dishes and warmer weathered wines, I call them, and I figure you are as well. Absolutely. Yes. The sun is out and, you know, <laughs> it's time to bring out the fresh, young, vibrant, White wines and, and absolutely rosé in that mix as well. Yes, I, I'm big on rosé. Before we get to it, though, allow us to better get to know you, please, because your winemaking has taken you around the world. So I thought, if you would, share a brief virtual tour of the wine sure. regions that you've discovered, if you would. Yeah, so I grew up in Alaska, no winemaking there, um, but but traveled to sunnier places as soon as I could. So I got my um, viticulture enology degree with Washington State University. Got the, the travel bug, went down to California for two years and worked in both Napa and Sonoma Valley. Uh, and then got the travel bug even more and got my master's degree at the University of Adelaide in Australia. Fell in love with Australia. Um, I lived there for five years working in um, different regions around South Australia and had some amazing opportunities while I was there to go over to Europe. Um, so I worked in England and Burgundy and Switzerland for uh, harvest as well. And then um, after five years in Australia, I got a little homesick finally, and um, the Chateau Saint-Michel winemaking position was, was just the right time, the right moment, uh, and a dream came true. So it's really nice to be back in Washington. Yeah, and, and really wonderful to see how many women are at the helm of Chateau Saint-Michel. I love supporting your winery because I very much believe in female winemakers. I, I believe in male winemakers as well. Um, but I think that our palates are uh, slightly different in a lot of ways. And so your palate has certainly proven to lending itself to gorgeous rosé. And I think it's an interesting point to make that you are the red winemaker for Chateau Saint-Michel, but you are responsible for rosé. So let's sip and savor our warmer days with rosé. If we could talk it and, and talk your wine speak, if you would. In French, rosé means pink, reminiscent of the color, um, but there is a beautiful process behind it, and I think it should be appreciated. Absolutely. On the red winemaking side, we work with a couple of Southern Rhone winemaking consultants for a, one of the projects that we do, and they really are expert rosé winemakers themselves. So when we decided to create our Chateau Saint-Michel rosé, you know, we asked them tips and tricks and what we should look for in the vineyard, um, and they're a huge help and asset to us. Um, not just on the red wine making side, but on whites and rosés as well. Uh, so, you know, we start in the vineyard looking for rosé grapes. Um, it is something that we design from early spring. Going through the summer, we know that these vineyards are going to make the best rosé that we are looking for. 
Um, so it's never a, a competition between the grape if it's going to make a red wine or a rosé wine. Everything is designed from the very beginning. Hmm. I think that's so interesting. Speak to old and new world rosé, if you would, because we know fine French examples, but you're growing a tremendous amount of rosé um, in Washington State or the varietal itself, and I think it's fascinating to see its progression. Absolutely. You know, the Provence style is, is just something to fall in love with, and certainly on those hot summer days, you want something super light and refreshing. And in Washington, we enjoy that and take that and make it our own. So we're using a lot of similar grape varieties, but obviously they're grown in our regions, different valleys, different canyons. Um, and we really look for these small micro-regions where they're a little bit cooler sites, so we have really nice, bright, fresh acidity. Uh, we never have issues with color in our um, fruit, so it's really more about the balance and the delicacy and retaining all this freshness that we can in Washington. And it's all about the warm, sunny days and the cool evening nights, right, that create that ideal condition for rosé. 2018 was a stellar growing season, from what I understand from my research, and you have produced this beautifully crisp, elegant, lovely rosé that was just released that is extraordinarily beautiful to pair with food, I have found. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. Yes. Yeah, the 18 growing season and the 18 harvest really was a dream. Um, We had a nice warm summer. We do get the cool nights, both from wind influence and just because we are farther north um, on latitude. So the cold nights really help retain acidity in the grapes. Um, And that's really, obviously, very important to making rosé, that it keeps nice and fresh. It also helps with the color stability. So we're we're considering all these things about timing when we pick our grapes, both the right alcohol content, the right color, the right acidity. Um, We want everything to be in balance. That's always our main goal. And when you produce rosé, the method itself is that the fruit is left on the skins so that the color permeates, right? So that you get the extraction of that pink hue, but still considered a lighter, lovely, fresh approach to, do you consider it a red wine or a white wine? I consider it more like a white wine, and certainly the winemaking techniques we're using are white wine focused. Um, It is absolutely about that skin contact from the moment you pick it off the vine to getting it to the winery. That is a very important time. Sometimes you have control over that. Sometimes you don't. And so it's about adapting on the fly. And once you receive it in the winery, then you can make small adjustments based on what you see, based on the color that you have so far. Um, So when we make rosé, you know, a lot of it comes in at the very same time, and we are out there for hours on end just dialing in the color, dialing in the freshness. Sometimes we'll have one tank that's a little bit darker in color, and sometimes we'll have one tank that's very, very light in color. And then it's about finding that balance for the next fruit that's going to come in. How do we bring it all together? Leah Aiden, stay tuned. There is more to savor right after this.
Welcome back. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio drinking rosé all day with winemaker Leah Aiden. I think one of the most beautiful things about rosé is its adaptability to food. So because it spans from red to white, I think it makes it that much more versatile. So I immediately think, uh, you know, light meats, uh, grilled things, fish, but it runs the gamut. So I wonder, what is your perfect pairing with rosé? What If you were going to sit down and open a bottle, what would be the ultimate? Is it crab or scallops? Is it a cheese board? Uh, is it curry and Asian? I mean, I happen to think that's a perfect combination. Um, I absolutely agree. I think rosé, because you serve it chilled, you can have really light salads or cheese boards or fresh uh, seafood with it. But on the other hand, there's a little more body. There's a little more alcohol and palate weight um, to it. So, you know, for me, I love breaking out the barbecue as soon as the sun comes out. So if I have a rack of ribs on there, I'm going to go with rosé. If I have some lovely salmon on there, I'm going to go with rosé. I'm not afraid to put some big meats with rosé because I want something fresh and something a little bit chilled. Um, you know, on those hot summer nights. Yeah, no, I appreciate that you break the rules because I will go heartier as well. I I say rosé all day. I mean, that's just, you know, yes, when it comes to spring and as the the weather warms, um, I I think it's time to break out the the pink, no doubt. We have to talk Riesling as well, please. That is another Chateau Saint-Michel principle. And I refer to Riesling as pool wine. And I mean that as a compliment because it's very drinkable. Um, but would you talk its best traits? Because you are known for Riesling as well. Riesling is so much fun in Washington, and, and I hadn't had a lot of chances to experience growing Riesling and making Riesling before working for Chateau St. Michel. Um, but it really is one of the heritage grapes of Washington. It was one of the earliest planted varieties in Washington, and for good reason. Um, you know, we have these warm days. We get excellent ripeness. Riesling, is, as a variety, ripens a little bit later in the season. So you do need some warmer climates to bring out the really nice flavors. Um, and across Washington State, from, from the cooler regions to the very, very warm regions, you get this wonderful spread of crisp citrus to more peachy melon flavors all the way up to tropical pineapple flavors. And so at Chateau St. Michel, we're able to create different styles, you know, based on what you might have with food or if you do want to have it by the pool, just something really nice and fresh. Yes. And I read that you are among the largest producers of Riesling in the world. Is that true? That is true. Um, so we make a variety of styles, which is absolutely fun as a winemaker, but hopefully also very appreciated to the consumer. So we make very, very dry style of Rieslings, almost bone dry. That's going to be a little more food friendly, a little bit lower alcohol. Um, and we go all the way up to a truck and beer and ice wine. We do an ice wine when the weather permits for us. Um, and some of those styles of wine, you know, you really can't create until the region and the climate and the weather and nature tells you that you can do it. Um, so those are very, very small projects usually, but they're really, really fun to do um, at the same time as creating a very consumer, food-friendly Riesling. Right. And the, the most sold, though, is a dry Riesling, Columbia Valley from Chateau St. Michel. And the 2017 
vintage just released and very low yield, I understand, which to me makes the wine that much more uh, uh, appreciated. I mean, to savor it when there's limited quantity of anything, right? You know that it's going to be good. 2017 was actually one of our favorite Riesling seasons. Um, We had exceptionally high acids in the whites, and they retain themselves very, very nicely. So the freshness and the acidity and the balance and the, like you said, with a little bit smaller harvest, the concentration of flavor increases a little bit. Um, So we are very excited about the 2017. They're going to be in the winemaker's cellars for sure. Okay, so that means we need to cellar them. And when we do, (laughs) (laughs) note note from the winemaker herself, when we do open them for summer of Riesling, what are you pairing? Tell me what you want to eat when you open a bottle Mm -hmm. of Chateau St. Michel dry Riesling. Yeah, I love Asian dishes, whether it's Thai food or Chinese food or sushi, I think those kind of palettes work very, very well with Riesling. Riesling is, because there's usually a small amount of sugar retained um, from the grapes, and that's just to balance out how much acidity there is, it works really well with spicy dishes. So if I'm, whatever spicy dish I'm creating, and I do love spicy food, Riesling is my go-to, because it's going to cut the spice a little bit refresh the palate and just make you want to go for more. Yes, I agree with you. It falls under the craveable category. It does. There's something about an off-dry Riesling with a little bit of residual sugar that makes the heat in the dish a little hotter and the wine a teeny bit sweeter and then you just can't get enough, right? It's the sip and savor, sip and savor back and forth until the, the dish or the bottle is gone. (laughs) that's my philosophy shall we eat and drink together at some point can you can you buy into my philosophy yes um i love it um a few points about chateau saint michel we should mention you just celebrated 50 years and i didn't realize um and now i know washington is now the nation's number two producer of premium wines, 50,000 planted acres, and and a lot of AVAs. I think that is extraordinarily impressive. It is, absolutely. And and the 50th celebrations at the Chateau were really, really fun. They remodeled the Chateau itself. um, So it's just beautiful transformation being seen. Um, But as a grape-growing region, yeah, we are the second biggest, and we are only getting bigger. And one of the one of the funnest parts as a winemaker that I see in Washington is that we have such a spread of different grape varieties, different winemaking styles and techniques, and winemakers, you know, we're a little bit still in the Wild West. We're not restricted by so much the market. We can try different techniques and try different styles, um, and that is really fun as a winemaker to see both what we're doing at Chateau St. Michel, but what other producers are doing as well. Learning from each other. I love that. Um, okay, so what's for dinner tonight and what will you be opening? And you can wine geek out on us. I mean, if you were to go to your cellar and open a bottle for a spring weekend and fire up the grill, if I came mm. to your house, yes, uh, what, what's on the menu? Food and wine, please. Well, let's see. I 
always like to open the bottle while I'm cooking. I think that's really important. <laughs> I to, like uh, that about you. Yes. You need something while we're cooking. Um, and being from Alaska, I have a very big fondness for all things seafood. Um, so if you come over tonight, let's, um, let's fire up the barbecue. Let's get some king salmon out from the freezer and get that going. I would probably start with rosé because that's nice and fresh, not too heavy, really nice and light. And then once we serve the meal, I might go with a lightly oaked Chardonnay. Um, I'm a big fan of Chardonnay. I like it for its versatility. Um, it's one of those varieties that you can produce in so many different styles, and that's also really fun as a winemaker. It's just so adaptable. Um, so for salmon, I think that's a lovely choice. It has enough body and weight to stand up to a lot of different food dishes and a lot of different flavors. But, again, that acidity, you just want that freshness and that crispness to, to really keep you going. I very much appreciate your passion and your knowledge, and I commend you. I know um, that you have a, a new um, and recent elevated role at Chateau Saint-Michel, and as the red winemaker, um, I think you produce beautiful wines, and I'm very proud to toast with them. Um, at my table. So kudos to you for um, being one of the leading women in wine. And I thank you for sharing all of your knowledge, of course. Uh, led- well, thank you very much. Yes, of course. Leading the team at Chateau St. Michel. Look for the Columbia Valley Rosé just released and the Columbia Valley Dry Riesling so that you can celebrate spring and summer. And Leah, come back if you would. I'd love to have you um, at Harvest later on in the year so that you could give us an update from the vineyard as to what we can expect um, for next year. If you would be a contributor here, uh, I would certainly appreciate you sharing your wine knowledge and passion. Absolutely. I would love to. And once we get into fall, you know, we can start talking red wine. Oh, uh, yes, of course. See, just just spoken like a red winemaker. Back to the red wine, (laughs) of course. She is Leah Aidant, red winemaker, Chateau St. Michel, and there is no doubt we are toasting the season. Leah, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you again. Thank you. As the delicious conversation continues, it's food and wine and it's divine. What else would you want to talk about? Stay tuned. There's lots more entertaining conversation in your radio right after this. about to get fresh so prepare yourself chef jamie gwen in your radio did you know that crudo is the hot new fish dish across the country it is the best and most sparkling way in my opinion to eat fresh seafood this summer and whether you're luxuriating in a summer vacation at pelican hill resort in newport beach lucky you those magnificent coastal views and glorious amenities, or maybe you're committed to mastering crudo at home, well, you need a tutorial. Chef Chris Simons is the head chef at Andrea Ristorante at Pelican Hill, the five-star property set on 500 gorgeous acres where he gets to play every day, and he makes glorious 
Crudo. So I asked him to come on the show and share his culinary passion, and I am delighted that he is gracing the radio waves with us for the first time. So let's dish on Crudo, shall we? Hi, Chef. I'm glad to have you. Welcome. Thank you. Yes, Thank you, Chef Gwen. It's such Thank a pleasure you. to be on the show. Thank you. Um, okay, share a bit of your background first so that everyone can get to know you better because you have been making Italian specialties with your mom since you were young. Your father inspired biodynamic farming. Uh, you are really a, a growing work of art, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's uh, you know, the Italian family. I, my, yes. my mother was um, just always a great cook and that's definitely what started, um, you know, the curiosity in the kitchen. And uh, just through through time and uh, tutelage, you know, she was definitely um, what got the career started. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been 15 years, yes. 17 years of everything from pastry to Italian, French, um, Japanese, and uh and 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 like you mentioned uh biodynamic gardening was was uh what I did a couple years back um Very cool. Yeah, and I... uh it was just something I was passionate about. Um I think we all need to be aware of like where our food comes from yes. and um and yeah, that's it. Yeah. I, I think one of the things I love about the way you cook and who you are as a chef in getting to know you is that you are very multi-talented, multifaceted. You throw yourself in to those things that you want to master. Thank so you. tell us about your crudo menu at the restaurant because crudo is all the rage. And allow me to, in Italian, define it. Crudo means raw by definition, right? Yes. Yes. Yes, exactly. And um, I, I think the idea, it was a simple one, is just it's how I love to eat um, and how I love to start a meal. Yes. Um, you know, the, first of all, like it, all, it all starts with incredible product, which, you know, we're blessed to have uh, being in Southern California, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and many of the dishes currently are ones local from San Bernardino. How cool. Um, like, our, like our uni and spot prawn. So um, it's it's easy when you're using such great um, quality yes. product uh, to come up with um, a, you know a simple dish for it, and um, it's all the dishes have like a common denominator though, and that they're all like really high in seasoning and and acidity, and I feel like that really um, jazzes up the palate for you know the courses to to come after. So let's go step by step through the process. First and foremost, you have to buy the freshest seafood and fish, right? You do. Yes. I mean, it, it does start with that. Um, and and the, I, I guess the only um, cooked item that I have on the crudo menu is the Dungeness crab, um, which is just an ingredient that I love so much mm-hmm. when I was in Seattle um, yes. to work with. Um, so, but yeah, it must start with the with the freshest. Yeah, and, um, immaculate product. I say when product. it comes to raw, and whether it's your like local fishmonger or a grocer, you have a, a fish purveyor because you're lucky, um, <laughs> and and you're doing cool stuff with with what's being offered to you. Yeah, you know, people ask all the time if they can even like you know buy fish um, sure. from the restaurant. Unfortunately, we can't do that, so I tell them to just 
go to the docks at four in the morning and uh, <laughs> find a fisherman with a wad of cash and uh, yeah. and you're and I'm sure he'll he'll throw you a fish and, and you're have in. a net ready. By the way, I only invite my highest level friends to come on this <laughs> show. <laughs> I think all, we all love to eat. We, we, we could go eat. Spanish cava if we were <laughs> if we were looking to uh, to cut back a bit at home. But I will tell you, I would gladly toast with Cristal uh, with you <laughs> at any time at Pelican. I'm grateful for uh, your crudo instruction, and I'm thankful that you came on uh, to share your passion for sure. And I will see you at Pelican Hill soon. The resort at Pelican Hill is a five star property and it offers absolutely everything in the, the finest. Andrea is Northern Italian cuisine, uh, one of the most extraordinary restaurants um, in Southern California, the state, I would tell you, and beyond. And Chef Chris Simons is at the helm. Aside from tasting his crudos, he also does these must-do classes. And there's a class called the Art of Pasta Making that is truly fabulous learning and you don't want to miss out. So find out more at Pelican Hill. Com. Chef, I can't wait to eat with you again soon. Cheers to summer Me and to either. crudo. Cheers. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of toasting and tasting. And I do hope that I've made you hungry and inspired you to eat and drink well this coming week. I'll leave you on a sweet note with my last bite for the hour, my last ounce or tidbit of culinary conversation. I love a three-ingredient recipe. You know that, right? And one bite of these soft, chewy brownies, and you will not believe that they were made with only three ingredients. They are irresistibly fudgy. And if you are a Nutella lover, well, then this one is for you. Really easy. Chocolate hazelnut spread for decadence, eggs, and flour. In an 8 by 8 inch baking dish, heavily coated with nonstick cooking spray, you combine the three ingredients, mix until smooth, pour it into the pan, smooth the top, and bake at 350 for about 25 minutes. You don't want to overbake these incredible three ingredient Nutella brownies, otherwise they do dry out. You want to leave them fudgy and delicious. And as far as I'm concerned, dessert could be ready in less than an hour for dinner tonight. <laughs> so I will post right away on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram where I share my shameless daily dish at Chef Jamie Gwen, these incredible three ingredient Nutella brownies. So please check it out and steal the recipe. And I will meet you here next weekend when there is lots more fabulous food in your radio. I thank you for listening. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off and I hope you continue to eat well. Well,